We'll finish up some of our player capsules by combining a couple of the forwards. Gordon Hayward is going to lead us off. And then Jalen McDaniels, Cody Martin, will also discuss coming up later in the podcast. All on Locked On Hornets, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cuz we live. We live. <laughs> It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Thanks for making us your first listen. We're free. We're available on all platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Doug Branson, LOH, and the show handle on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for joining us. We've got you covered leading up to the NBA draft. Also, as you've seen here recently, we've been doing the player capsules, trying to evaluate what players maybe should be here long term, what guys should be moved on from, and just over overall trying to assess this 2021-2022 season. So check us out again wherever you get your podcasts, and that includes YouTube, and YouTube loves it. When we talk about Gordon Hayward, Doug. Oh, I love it. <laughs> they their favorite topics. It is their favorite. They love hearing about him. They want to hear about all of the good things that he gives to this team. So are you ready to dive in on what was really half a season from, according to Mitch Kupchak, the best player on the team? Yeah, I I think if you asked him again and could get a truthful answer, he would. I think Mitch Kupchak. I speculate that Mitch Kupchak would take that back. Um, yeah, you know, Gordon Hayward. Look, he's a he's a really talented player, and um, but his his efficiency as an offensive player is in decline. Yeah, that's 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 not even debatable. I mean, he's he's getting worse every year in terms of how efficient he is offensively. He's getting older. He's piling up the the injuries, and uh, but but he's still even though it's in decline, where he is settling would still be of value to teams. It hasn't. It ha- it's slowly declining, uh, but he is still a good offensive player. Someone someone that can organize an offense, share the basketball. You know, has a has a good mid range game that I think can be very effective for teams that can put shooters around him, and honestly, has been one of the better three point shooters for the Hornets when he has been on the floor. Gordon Hayward's a good player, man. It's just how it is. Even 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 now, even with all of these injuries, there's no doubt about it. Here's the problem: he played 44 games two years ago. This past season, he appeared in 49 games. That's that's the issue, and and. To, even going back before that, there was the 52 game season that he had. And, you know, the pandemic affects some of these game totals for every player. But Gordon Hayward is a good basketball player. I'll take 16 points per game on close to 40 percent shooting from three, four assists, decent rebounder, not a terrible defender, not great. You know, there are times where he's pretty bad, I, I'll admit. But offensively, I think he's a really, really good fit alongside somebody like LaMelo, alongside somebody like a Miles Bridges. If he could stay healthy at a better contract for sure, too, because it has to be baked into the cake when assessing how valuable he is to the team. But if he was making 20 million, then this would be great. Like that, this would be really helpful if he could stay on the floor. But the bottom line is, Doug, he's making way too much money. It affects how you can improve this team outside of Gordon Hayward. And he has to go, especially when you want to match whatever restricted free agency offer sheet is going to come miles his way. And you do have maybe a Jalen McDaniels. We'll talk about in a moment that can also provide some of the things, at least three point shooting. He shot 38%. Maybe you can replace it, kind of go the money ball route. 
okay, we can't replace Jason Giambi, but Jalen McDaniels can get on base. He can shoot 38% from three. So let's try to bring that in there. All right. Who else can move the ball? Cody Martin has some kind of assist game and connecting. So we'll bring back Cody on something cheaper. He can connect and he can try to defend. That's the point. It's that both of those guys too are relatively healthy, even with McDaniels injury this past season, but it didn't take him out the whole year. There are just massive issues that you can't overlook, even acknowledging that Gordon Hayward is a good player. And that's why this team is going to be better served moving off of that contract. And that's why you have to imagine they're going to exhaust every opportunity to do so. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, what makes this tough, I mean, he did shoot 39% from three on four and a half attempts uh, this season. Last season, he shot 41.5% on 4.7 three-point attempts. And he, he's, he doesn't have to be a high-usage player. No. Though, Walker, I wonder, you know, if he were a high-usage player and if he were an elite scorer, like somebody that could really pile it up night in, night out, would it be a different situation in terms of how we judge how many games he plays? I just feel like if you're a do-it-all player, yeah. if you do a little bit of everything, then you have a shorter leash with both fans, but I also think the perception within the league, you have a shorter leash in terms of your durability. It's like, look, if you're going to do a little bit of everything, we need you every night. <laughs> well, yeah, but it, it goes to show the importance almost, you know, like we, you, you said the word need. Now we did talk about this too, and this is fair. The Hornets had kind of graduated from that word specifically needing Gordon Hayward. It would be a nice luxury to have him certainly. And it would help him win games bottom line, but they didn't need Gordon Hayward to win games as the season went on. Now, who knows how much he would have helped in that play in game. I know that it wouldn't have been 30 points worth, you know, they still are losing that game and probably by at least 20 still, but it it was a point where, they didn't need him anymore. And it felt like they did early on when Gordon would get hurt, but you're right, Doug, like this is somebody, if he was a high usage player that was scoring, let's say 23, 24 points per game, as opposed to the 16, he averaged this past season, then you might have a longer leash for him, but it would still hurt. Like I I still think it would also be, you know, assessed appropriately. So and saying, man, it'd be nice if he could play, you know, over 50 games. I mean, he's just going to miss, 20 games per season from this point out. And you're right. Like the other thing about this too, is the age you have to assume as a 32 year old basketball player that he is going to get worse and worse every single year. And that contract is going to be outdated year after year. He's got two more years on his deal, man. I mean, that's, you know, that's People not good. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You still have it's a not lot. A, it's not as if the Hornets have to eat one more season of this. They do. He makes uh 30, Point oh seven five million dollars in 2022-23. <laughs> and then that number jumps up to $31.5 million in the final year of his contract. But he, again, he's in decline, but the decline has been slow enough that I think yeah. there is still value remaining for Gordon Hayward and what he can do. The deal, I think, is not totally 100% unmove-offable, but well, it is... It's it's going to it's going to be difficult. I will say too that if he were scoring twenty three points per game, he would be at All Star level. The only time he made the All Star game was in twenty sixteen seventeen with his final season in Utah. He uh, played seventy three games, started all seventy three of those. Obviously, twenty one point nine points per game 
on 5.4 rebounds, three and a half assists on almost 40% three-point shooting. Well, yeah, and we can even go back to the year prior. Gordon was averaging about 20 with a usage percentage sitting around 23. And that was just enough for people to to say this is worth the contract. So you have a four-point-per-game dip. You have the same injury-riddled season. Your efficiency goes down just a bit, not a ton. Time, but it does go down. That's yeah. enough for you to want to move off of them, right? There, there, there's not a whole lot of room for error in the NBA when assessing these players. But how much value does come from that contract? We're going to talk about that coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. I want to look more at some of the packages. Why, that... so, why, why am I so zoomed in on you? Oh, I didn't even what see happened? it. I was looking at the camera. Yes, that's outside. It's very bright out there. There we go. And here I am. Yeah, I do want to look at some of the value that maybe the Hornets could get. Jake Fisher, when he was talking about, um, no, excuse me, Michael Scotto, when he was talking about some of the other execs around the NBA, they thought maybe it was pretty equal uh, value, which would be great. I want to talk a little bit more about that coming up. Not before Bet Online, though. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures, not NLF. NFL futures bet online is your continued source for all your sport wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action bet online where the game starts Gordon Hayward. And then we'll trickle into Jalen McDaniels as well as Cody Martin. That's still to come on the locked on Hornets podcast. This is locked on Hornets tip off. Boom. I grab it. Triple threat. Let's go. Let's go set our offense and let's go punch above our way. I'm ready. Grab it. A player rolls up to me immediately, is on me extremely fast, grabs the basketball. And so now we're trying to fight for it. I'm like grabbing it. He's grabbing it, ripping it. Boom. Rips it. Says, give me that. Throws it. Transition to nothing. We lose like 50 to 20. Just ripped it from me. That's I, honestly, I think, honestly, I think that story is sadder than your heart problems. <laughs> it is. I, you know, I'll take the heart problems all day long. Just don't embarrass me in front of everybody at UNC. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. So Gordon Hayward, we kind of talked about what he is. We wanted to spend just one segment on Gordon because we've talked about him a lot. We we know what it is with him. Good player, not phenomenal, and he's not on the court a whole lot. And we want to move off of him to try to spend money elsewhere to try to bring in some other players to help this team right now, along with free up money for Miles Bridges and some other potential contract situations down the road. Here's the thing, Doug, like if Michael Scotto is right, that you can bring in anywhere close to equal value for Gordon, then you have to move off of it immediately. Obviously you want to bring in something that's going to help this team, but I view it more as, you know, can you get the 70 cent on the dollar? I know some people will say, I mean, if you can get a quarter on the dollar, then you just go have to pull the trigger. But I I don't, I don't see that as true. Like I, I do think that there are going to be teams that might have the space to see, you know what? We're kind of desperate. We're going to take this gamble that Gordon can stay on the floor and we don't have to rely on him as much. You know, maybe they're in that kind of situation where when Charlotte loses a guy making $30 million a year, it hurts them. But maybe another team 
that can trade for him where they feel like they have another a few pieces in place that they don't have to rely on Gordon. They can limit his minutes a lot more. They can say, Hey, come in. We'll give you 24, 25. We'll give you 25 minutes a game. And then you can come in, still shoot your 40%, still maybe get even up to 50 overall that that's a useful player. And they'll take that gamble on an injured player. Like, I think you can salvage some value from this contract. Yeah, and I think the question is, how much are you willing to sacrifice in terms of the value that you get back in return? Because as you said, it won't it won't be a hundred percent. But if it's eighty percent, if it's seventy percent, how how low will Mitch Kupchak and company and maybe possibly this head coach who may also be the general manager, how much will they be willing to sacrifice to to get something in return? Because the thing is, like, it's not impossible to imagine a scenario where Gordon Hayward returns to the team, doesn't get injured again. Like that's not impossible to, to think, um, you know, if he, if he progresses nicely through the summer and deals with this foot injury that ultimately ended his season, uh, it's possible. And I think what's interesting is that the ascension of miles bridges and PJ Washington, both make Gordon Hayward, expendable in terms of you you can trade him and and know that you have production waiting there to replace Gordon Hayward's production but it also makes it interesting from the perspective like if you keep him and he's satisfied with possibly a reduced role you know where they can truly truly load manage him right because we had every intention the organization had every intention of load managing Gordon and then it was like whoops we actually need Gordon to play a lot of minutes uh, but now yeah. I think it's a different situation. I mean, from the rip too, actually right? Load manage yeah. Gordon Hayward. If he's satisfied coming off the bench, I don't think he would be. But if he is, then you know they they could entertain that option as well. If they're not willing to take seventy percent of his value, getting back, getting that back. Yeah, I, I'm just just off the top of the dome trying to look at some teams that might view themselves as a Gordon Hayward away from truly contending. You know, and I don't know how much the money situation would need to free up for some of these teams, but. You know, Chicago might lose a Zach Levine. I don't know if they would want to try to replace that with Gordon, but, you know, just two years on that deal. I don't know. Um, Minnesota, you know, with with Carl Anthony Towns, they feel like they're a, a grown up mm-hmm. on the floor away. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not saying they would trade Carl Anthony Towns for him. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what you would get in return, but I'm just trying to think of some teams that might view themselves like that. I, you know, Portland, do they want to get back in the game and, and with Damian Lillard, but that's, you know, Gordon Hayward, like I, it's tough to find a team. It is, you know, so I I don't know if that team pops up, but we're going to have to figure that out. All right. Let's talk about Jalen McDaniels, Doug, Jalen McDaniels. I thought had a really good season when he played. I think he should have been played more. Um, And in fact, if you compare this season to last, he actually played less minutes and had a very similar statistical year. Now he did shoot better from three this season, 38 compared to like 34 the past season. I'm going to try to pull up his reference page, but I think that's, I think that's right. And, and the the one thing that I also look at too, is he shot a lot more threes or he was shooting them at, at a better rate. He was making them obviously, but this year he also shot 75% at the rim. I think that goes to show just how much he ran and transition. I think he, sneaky really good player with LaMelo ball 
like really fits and complements what LaMelo does well, go out on three point line and shoot runs in transition. We know Jalen is going to play hard. Like we know that he's out there ready to go hundred percent of the time. And we've seen him have some fun dunks because of LaMelo, you know, running in some kind of fast break. And also one of the more interesting stats for him is that he had 23 of his field goal attempts blocked last year compared to five this year. Just a weird stat, like 23 last year, five this year, which kind of goes to show you like how much, how many free attempts at the rim he was getting, how many threes he was taking, but you know, taking smarter shots and an efficient player, a good defender long. Like I I love Jalen McDaniels that has position, uh, position versatility too. Yeah, and you love the you love the value prop there. You know, I mean that it's not a, not a lot of money for the production that you get from uh, Jalen McDaniel's. But if he continues to progress in this way, then obviously they they will have a tough decision to make. But he really raised the level of his game in 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 nearly every category. He was also weird stat that we've mentioned several times on the show. Now he was one of these Hornets players that was incredible non corner three and atrocious from the corner. Like, so I'm looking at his um, cleaning the glass numbers right now. He was 44% from the field, non-corner three. For his position, which they qualify him as a wing, that's Mm -hmm. in the 94th percentile. Non-corner three, 32%. That's in the 15th percentile. He was one of the worst shooting corner three shooters as a wing in the, in the league. Yeah. Um, just really weird, but he's got a great, he, I mean, he can get, he's a, a very similar to Gordon in that he can get to the middle of the floor and pull up, knock down a jump shot. And it, he just scores in a variety of different ways. And those, th- that's always going to help your offense. And, and as you said, long defender and, and seriously cares about the defensive end of the floor. One of the few players in this roster that I think showed that last season. Jalen McDaniels cares, man. He, he's a, he's just a, a fun player. I, I really hope that whatever coach comes in realizes that value. So he played 904 minutes two years ago, this past season, he played 895. So very similar. You, you think you saw Jalen improve last year. And I think that's true, but he actually played less minutes and actually played less minutes appearing in more games, Doug. How about that? He appeared in 47 games two years ago. He appeared in 55. Like it's just, it goes to show some of the weirder rotation stuff for James Borrego. Some of that short leash stuff. Like I I just never got it with him and he would be somebody that would talk about, I need to find minutes for Jalen. I just can't find him. And then you would think, all right, well, Gordon Hayward's out now. Let's see more from Jalen. And You'd ride with Kelly a little, you Miles and PJ. And, you know, I, I mean, just felt like there should be more minutes for Jalen. And uh, and you didn't get nearly as much. We'll see what happens next year. He'll be 25 years old. Um, also, we don't know about his contract situation. What's going to well, come? Well, it's a that? club option. So yeah. the Hornets. So that that would be the question, Walker. I think the answer is pretty clear on your end. Like if you if you yep. ran the club, you would be like, yes, immediately on that. One, so it's two million dollars, essentially that they would have to uh, uh, guarantee for him on the club option. And then after that, he's an unrestricted free agent. So he's playing on a contract year. So you know, if they, if they say yes, uh, one, one would have to assume that you are going to get the absolute best version of Jalen McDaniels if that's a type of player that a Mike D'Antoni or a Darvin Ham or a Kenny Atkinson or so on and so forth would want to utilize. Well, and, and I not only do I want to pick up the club option, that seems like a no-brainer for the $2 million. I. I want to get out in front of an extension. Just, I mean, Doug, that type of player 
is going to be in the league until he's 30, right? I mean, somebody that can shoot well from three, defend, doesn't need the basketball in his hands, is never going to be an overly expensive player. He's going to have an option anywhere in the NBA. So let's just go ahead, get out in front of another team trying to pursue him, give him, you know, single digit million dollars annually, and just keep a good player on a good price. Just get out in front of it. Well, if you say yes in this club option and then you utilize him as you probably should and he continues to raise the level, I I don't, you know, he, I think he has the potential next season to really make the financials difficult if, if he play, if he continues to progress in this way. And that, that should, you should, you should be salivating as a fan. If, if he makes it difficult, that means he has had an incredible year off the bench and in the, in the quest to replace whatever they wanted from Gordon Hayward and didn't get. Um, I think Jalen McDaniels is a big part of that. He wrote, you know what he reminds me of, Walker? I'm watching these Memphis Grizzlies all season because I live in Nashville, so they're my like you know in market team. I'm just looking at all these players that step up when John Morant goes down, mm-hmm. and I'm like, where do they get all of these players that play like this and do everything and care and um, you know that's what Jalen McDaniels reminds me of, and I think he could be that piece for a Hornet for a Hornets team if they put you know if they bring in the rest of the personnel that's going to do it night in and night out. Jalen McDaniels is like the ultimate bench wrench. Well, yeah, and, and the other thing is like I don't you know I don't want to get it too confused. I, I don't know necessarily the rules on you know the cap holds. Like okay, so you guarantee his contract, you know, or you extend him. You got to bring in miles like it, it's still going to be tough. The Hornets don't have cap space and you still have to move off of Gordon. I guess I just want him in the mix when we're thinking about the you future just stop there. You just stop there. I want him. That's what you just I, I want. Him. Fair enough. I just I want him to be a part <laughs> of the future process, the thinking process. Right. When trying to free up money. So we'll see what happens. Um, Cody Martin also going to have to be that player. So coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. We'll talk about Cody and his future with the team. Somebody that James Borrego clearly loved and gave quite a bit of minutes to and really improved last season. Very impressive what we got from Cody Martin. We'll talk about that next. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't have to do that anymore. Save time and money when using Rock Auto, so you don't have to choose to spend up to even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Don't do that. Just go to rockauto.com right now. You can see all the parts available for your car or your truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Locked On Hornets, Locked On NBA, they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. Cody Martin finishing up the player capsules on that side of things coming up next on the Locked On Hornets podcast. You are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. And Doug, don't you have an Eldon Campbell like stuffed animal type thing? Yes, I do. I got it at the last regular season home game that they had before they left for New Orleans. I, look, I love me some Eldon Campbell, but is that, is they, that the they were just they were clearing everything out of the house because it was whatever they gave to the fans that night. They didn't have to take with them to New Orleans. Get more Hornets analysis on LockedOnHornets.com. Cody Martin improved quite a bit, just like Miles Bridges did, who was kind of in that MIP conversation, clearly on a lower level. But if you look at the numbers compared to his sophomore and junior campaigns in the NBA, Cody Martin played 16 minutes two years ago. 
He played 26 minutes per game this season. He shot 48% from the field this season, 44 just the year prior. And the biggest improvement obviously came from beyond the three-point arc. He shot over two a game and he shot 38% from behind the line. He shot 27% two years back. Now it dipped a little as the season would go on. I think after he came back from that injury that he suffered, he only shot 31% from three-point range. I think that was like the final 20 games or so, but had done enough to give himself a 38% three-point percentage and the 71 games that he did play defensively. We know how much Borrego valued him on the perimeter. When you talk about gives a bleep factor, Cody Martin is clearly up there along everybody else atop the Hornets list. Cody had a really nice season and one of the more improved Hornets this year. Yeah, I mean, obviously the three-point percentage was the big change. It allowed his, you know, his effective field goal percentage, his points per shot attempt all skyrocketed while his usage stayed relatively the same. Like he was still getting, his role in the offense was really unchanged except for the fact that he just shot the basketball so much better. Uh, and and it really, it, it was part of the supercharged offense uh, that they had, especially early in the season where they were essentially unstoppable offensively because so many players could shoot and and teams really didn't know how to guard that. Um, and it's interesting too, versatility. I mean that that's the word that comes to mind when I think of Cody Martin. He gave them sixty four percent of his minutes were at shooting guard, so maybe we should have included him in the guards. I think you yeah. requested that, and I wanted to hold on to him at forward. And the reason I wanted to hold on to him at forward, even though he only played twenty eight percent of his minutes at forward, is because. All of his stats, both defensively and offensively, went up when he was playing small forward as opposed to when he was playing in one of the guard positions. But he even managed to give uh, them 6% of uh, minutes at point guard. And we know the Hornets were a little thin at backup point guard this season, so having him available to give them minutes at, at the point guard position, even though they were few, they were effective. And, uh, you know, that's that's something that you always want, that versatility, uh, both positionally, offensively. We talk about it a lot defensively, but he gives them that offensively. One last thing that I love from Cody Martin this season, dude can yam it. These Martin yeah. twins. Can just, <laughs> and they will attempt to, even if they can't. Oh my, they want it will not stop dudes. them from trying. Undertakers, man. They want to end dudes. And uh, that's always fun to watch, but it made them even deadlier in transition on offense. I mean, you combine that, you know, the the minutes that he can share with IT, with LaMelo, um, it, it's just going to be fun because that dude, can yeah, he can get out and run, he can steal it, he can yam it. Yeah, I think this is kind of the versatility chapter of the Lockdown Hornets player capsules with, with Jayla yeah. McDaniels, with Cody Martin. If you go to the basketball reference pages for these guys, you look at the position estimate, the percentage of where they played their minutes, Jalen and Cody have some minutes logged in four different positions. Cody Martin from point guard to power forward, Jalen McDaniels from shooting guard to center. Now, on the bookends of each of those references I just made, obviously the percentages are very slim, but it does go to show at least there was some comfort in playing them all across the board. And this is something we kind of knew about Cody coming in and even a Jalen McDaniels. It kind of goes to this bigger vision. Mitch Kupchak has always had Doug. Like, I, I don't know if that's even been talked about as much as we've gone on over his tenure, but that was always a vision right from the get-go. He wanted to get guys that could play multiple positions because of where the game was heading. You see Miles Bridges can play the three and can play the four. PJ Washington can play the four, can play the five. McDaniels, Cody Martin, like those guys are all really versatile, all draft picks from Mitch Kupchak. And then, you know, even a LaMelo, you, 
I mean, I guess LaMelo could play shooting guard. You don't want him to. You want him with the basketball in his hands constantly. And so he's always going to play point guard. But you at least have the size and the frame to give you some maybe defensive versatility. Uh, that That's always been a vision for this team. And I've always liked that. Like, I, I you, you got to be more effective. You got to get better players and more talent. And all of that has to come to try to get them to a playoff series. But I, I like that kind of vision, at least. And you've seen some of that carry out. Yeah, and I'll say this for Cody Barton, too. Like, he's the kind of player that, when given an opportunity, will take advantage of it. There's just not a question. It was evidence this year during what we called valiant effort season when the Hornets were without three of their starters due to the COVID protocols. Lamella was out. Terry was out. Mason was out. This was a depleted team that was going on uh, some road trips and playing some tough teams. They played Philadelphia back-to-back, lost them close, but played those back-to-back. But let me read you. So this, you know, this was around the beginning of December when all of those players went out on protocol. It was happening across the league, but it happened to the Hornets too. I just want to read you his game log from December 5th to, let's go, December 17th. 19 points, six rebounds, four assists against Atlanta, and a win. In those back-to-back losses to Philly, he had 14 and 12 uh, on great shooting numbers, six rebounds and four assists, five rebounds, three assists in that second game against Philadelphia. In the win against Sacramento, a very close one, a very crucial one, he was 7 of 12 from the field for 19 points, eight rebounds, five assists. In in 43 minutes of play after he had played 43 minutes against Philadelphia, okay? He has a little bit of a stinker against Dallas in a 120-96 loss. It was a blowout. Everybody played poorly. Then you go to San Antonio. They get another win, 131-115. to He played 40 minutes, 21 points, 8 of 13 from the field. Follows that up. The loss against Portland, he played 26 minutes, was 5 of 5 from the field for 14 points, 5 assists, 3 rebounds. Those are those are incredible numbers from a player that just he doesn't get a ton of run and he just got that opportunity because so many players were out and he stepped up. That's why you have to retain a guy like Cody Martin. Yeah, and and Cody did not have a great year last year. You know, the, his rookie season coming in as a second rounder where a lot of people thought Cody should not have even been drafted. That was a pick that I hated on. A lot of people hated on because he was drafted like 35th overall. And there were people saying Cody wasn't going to get drafted whatsoever. So, I mean, he had to do basically this to even come close to justifying that pick for Mitch Kupchak. But he got a, I think he got one all second rookie team vote just to show you that he's at least on the radar out there. Second year has a pretty bad season. In my opinion, I don't think he was very good last season. And we thought there was a chance he'd get cut. Doug, we Caleb, Cody, some of those guys who try to make room on the roster. We thought there was a shot and then eventually that wouldn't happen. And now, I mean, we're talking about whether we should keep him long-term. I just, you talk about the opportunity here comes James Booknight. There's some need for offense after no Malik, no Devonte. I think James is going to be that guy because Cody hasn't provided a ton of offense. He's a great cutter, but can't shoot. So, you know, James Booknight's probably going to get some run after he gets his feet wet in the NBA. Nope. Cody just decides, you know what? I'm going to shoot 50% in the first month from three and I'm going to defend better than James book night. You're not going to take this spot away from me. And I like he's created himself a role. Only thing is he's older player. You know, he, he was like a, a five-year college player cause he was a transfer. So he's going to be 27 years old this season. How old is his brother? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know who's older, <laughs> I, I, but I know it's by the minute. 
I do know that. I don't even. And that's the other thing. Gonna get Thank punished you. for those few minutes that he spent in the womb. I'm just, I'm just glad that I can tell who C. Martin is on the box score now without having to click on it to actually get the full name. Now I know what the C. Martin did. Not Caleb. Not Cody. Like we know it's Cody now. We we know for sure it's Cody. We don't have to make. Well, it's that interesting too because I think there was a little bit of whispers in the offseason about whether they kept, did they keep the right Martin, and I think yeah. people landed uh, typically landed on yes because Cody can play a little bit better defense than his brother Caleb Martin. But the question became a little bit cloudier as the season went on, and Caleb uh, started to show out and and took advantage of his opportunity when there were some injuries in Miami, um, and he still continued to play in the playoffs. Uh, Caleb probably got the better end of the deal going to a team uh, well, yeah. that may be finals bound. But he averaged this season, Caleb did, 9.2 points, 3.8 rebounds, 1.1 assists with a PER of nearly 15. Cody, very, very similar, 7.7 uh, points per game, so you're not getting all those points. Uh, four rebounds, two and a half assists, so you're getting more ball movement with Martin, probably getting a little bit better defense. Both of these guys can yam it, cram it, slam it. Uh, PER for <laughs> Cody Martin, 12.73, so slightly lower than his brother, but again, I'm saying it's a bad opportunity. Cody Martin took advantage of his opportunity, just like Caleb did, um, when when that opportunity presented itself. So I'm excited. I hope they do keep Cody. I think he's an important part of this team. Can they jam it? Oh, yeah. Jam okay. it, yam it, cram it, slam it. Awesome. That's all I want. All right. Thanks for making Locked On Hornets your first listen every day. Make your second listen Locked On NBA from their first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked On experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 NBA teams. Hive Live, probably going to be a lot of chaos. You're not going to want to miss it. If it's anything like last week, then Doug, even for himself, was in rare form. So we'll see if he brings the same type of energy. We'll see if the hot take machine makes an appearance who knows Uh what's going to happen but tune in david walker joins us every single hive live friday so uh have a great rest of your day and we'll be back with you tomorrow damn it